How many connections have you seen Travers, you know, Zandon and, you know, Rich Strike. They mentioned Rich Strike wanting to go there. Um, and of course, Epicenter possibly. And like, the, it just keeps coming. Like, you know, these were like, this could be, you could, you could get to early voting maybe. Like you get to a point where you have the Derby, the Preakness and the Belmont winner all in the Travers. If they stay healthy, the Travers will be the race of the year. There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared who had advice on racing and they wanted to share it. Started a website where players go to see all their picks. The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk. They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly. Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie. From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner. There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner. As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta. There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to. So next time that the horses all end up at the post, make sure you use the website that'll win you the most. Whether Churchill, Oakland, Goldstream Park, Saratoga, and all tracks in between, there's only one site to go to. When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets, plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets, racingdudes.com, as good as it gets, racingdudes.com, for all of your needs, racingdudes.com, for all of your leads, racingdudes.com, for all of your bets, racingdudes.com, as good as it gets. What is up, I'm Jared World, he's Aaron Halterman, it is Thursday, June 2nd, and this is Lickers Off, what's up man? What's up, what's going on everybody to, uh, that's uh, watching, hello to everybody, and I'm excited man, I'm back. The first pod of June. It's yeah. how's it June already? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It, May was a dream, I think. I don't think it actually happened. It, it's weird to me. I was thinking about this because with the Belmont coming up and, of course, thinking about the Derby and Rich Strike. Part of that feels like it was yesterday. And part of it feels like it was two years ago. Truth on both ends. Yeah. <laughs> Truth on both ends. Yes. Like, yeah, I do think back. I was like, we were just at the Derby, like, you know, two days ago. And the other part was, but did that really happen? I don't I think so, right? Now, yeah, I totally agree. It's it's crazy. It's it's crazy. Yeah, we're getting old. Right there, Mark. He mm. said it. That, maybe that's the problem. Time, time kind of just gets away from you. But listen, it's June. We've got yeah. uh, a great weekend this weekend. And then, of course, next weekend, we've got maybe one of the best weekends of the year. So, can't be can't be mad about it, right? I mean, that's the thing. You can you can complain about it being June, but that just means we are a little closer to the Belmont, and it means we're a little closer to Saratoga. I mean, so, and then from there, you might as well bitch that uh, the Breeders' Cup will be here before you know it, because that will that will be what will happen next, right? Um, yeah. Because as, as soon as it's just like the Derby Trail, it goes so fast, and then you get onto the you know obviously like you said, uh, Belmont. Uh, uh, undercar the festival there was three breeders cup winning run races and that really you know that really is like the changing of the guard so to speak because all the coverage on the triple crown but obviously the belmont happens and then boom it's all on breeders cup and that's really all we focus on uh for the next like four months absolutely yeah and that's that's just it you said it best man that that little meetup at saratoga is getting close to omar's getting close like I said, this has always been one of my favorite weekends with the Pin Mile. I have no idea why, but it always has been. <laughs> and uh, then you get the Belmont. So uh, it's great, man. And listen, it's, we get Rich Strike. We get the Derby winner again. And I, that's what I'm most excited for coming up here in June. This is going to be fun. 
I tell you what, you're right. And first of all, it's it's it is weird that you like the pin miles so much. You also have your your horse in the race, so that's a net, a double uh, excitement level for you. But uh, we'll talk about that race in rapid fire coming up. But yeah, and Rich Strike, you know, whatever you want to say about him, he's what you wanted in the Preakness because he adds the intrigue of can he do it again? What was that last time? And you know. And, you, you kind of wonder if if he wins the race. How? What are we talking? You know, we talked about Epicenter as far as if he we thought he'd win the Preakness, and then if he goes to the Belmont and he wins, the, you know, the last two legs, what could have been? Well, heck, if Rich Strike, that story's even better. If Rich Strike goes and wins the Belmont and skipped the second leg, what could have been with that as well? So he obviously being in the race adds a ton of intrigue, and then the horse that. I think the Belmont was built for, and that's Mo Donegal. I mean, he's he's kind of he, he seems to fit every part of that race. He's interesting. He got, I mean, it, it's not like a world class race, but for what it is, it's a very intriguing race. I mean, obviously, you want the Preakness winner to be there, but at least you have a horse that beat the Preakness winner two back against the Kentucky Derby winner. So. So you get something, right? I mean, I don't know. Like, that counts for something. We may have a filly in the race and Ness. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got We the People. He's interesting to some people, including myself. So I think it's kind of fun. I'm, I'm not going to I'm not gonna hate on it too much. I mean, it's just nice uh, to kind of have a derby winner back running again. It's, you know, anytime that an upset happens at any sporting event, Everybody tunes in to see if they can do it again. Well, finally, we're going to, I shouldn't say finally, it's only been five weeks, but we're going to get to see if he can do it again. And so that's what's fun about this one. Um, you know, whether you love or hate Rich Strike, him missing the Preakness was 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 not good. It, it made for, uh, um, you know, at least a lead up to a boring race. Yeah, and it, it, it just wasn't, it, it lost all its appeal to the outside world just because, Everyone that you know, you know, would ask you, hey, what about that horse? He's like, well, he's not running in it. All right. You know, so then they don't care after that. So, yeah, it's good to have him in this race. Hopefully he stays, uh, you know, pointing to it and everything. He did get to to, uh, Belmont Park the other day. So he's there. He's all seen, all signs seem um, positive from the camp. You know, everyone acts like they don't regret the, the decision that that was the plan all along we'll see uh that obviously is going to be a big story as we get to get closer to that and really you know the focus of uh you know like we kind of shifted gears with the the wagering guide this year because we just thought yes this race like this is and it is appealing in itself but this whole card i mean there's nine stakes eight grade ones including the belmont stakes so it's a massive day of racing and the belmont stakes just happens to be kind of the the what everyone talks about of the outside world, but it's a huge day. Um, so we'll be all over the, the, uh, the, uh, the card there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a breeder's cup type of day and that's, that's the good news. Even if the Belmont doesn't shape up uh, well, since now that they've changed it and everybody, or no, they run all their big races pretty much on that day. And if not that day, the day before the day before um, it makes it to where the Belmont, which obviously like last year was the main event. It was a great race. Right. But it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, the year uh, I can't think of it, uh, Sir Winston won the race. Those mm. cards uh, that, I mean, those races before the big one were, were amazing. They carried it. They had to, because the Belmont wasn't that good that year. 
Tacitus was the favorite in that race. Like it wasn't a great Belmont. So, but this year we've got a good Belmont and a good card. So uh, it's awesome. And I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm really pumped to see Rich strike back. I, I think he's a lot of fun and I think it makes for a lot of good arguments from, from people and we'll see. You're going to put your money on him and, 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 and go with him at a short price this time. Or are you going to try to leave him off in, uh, in the hopes that he doesn't beat you again? So he makes for a real good conversation. How was Vegas? Oh, it was great. It was great. Best best trip we've ever taken, bar none. Not even close second. It was the best. Uh, every wrestler on the roster stayed where we stayed, and that's what made it awesome. We pretty much hung out with them the whole time. So it was cool. Very cool. Now, when you say hung out, like, did you guys, like, talk and, and like, shoot the shit and drink together? Like, how? what are we talking here? A few times spoke to them, yes. More gambled with them than anything. Um, Just like sat at the table with them playing blackjack. Correct, yeah. And kind of laugh if they hit something and laugh, you know, whatever. Uh, I did speak to a couple of them after the big show and, and, you know, just tell them, hey, you did did really well. You know, it was a great job, great match. And that was kind of fun. But, you know, the first night we were there, uh, we went down to the lobby because uh, there's a convenience store right there by the lobby. You know how it is at Vegas. They got convenience stores right by your elevators, so you don't have to – you know how it is. Yeah, for, you need water usually by the end of the night. So we <laughs> went to the convenience store. We saw a couple of them, and then, like, we went to the elevators. There's a couple, and then they were – and we realized it's like we don't have to go find these people. They're going to be around, and they were all week. you go to the pool, you'd see four or five of them. You'd go gamble, see four or five of them. you go to Starbucks, uh, you know, you'd see them. So – Last, uh, I had the final count. We saw 80 different wrestlers through the five days we were there. Wow. It was oh, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> did any, like, did any, like, cause I'm sure you were wearing shirts and shit all the whole time. Like, did anybody come up to you and, like, acknowledge what you were there for? I mean, were you, like, one of many people that were there for this? Or were you kind of like, did people not really realize what was going on? That's the key. So we really blended in. Now, the days of the actual events, we might have a shirt on, but we would wait until later in the day, go up and change. Because we, we, our whole goal was let's try to hang out with them. Let's try to see them. Let's leave them the hell alone. You know, because there were people that were trying to, or they were taking, so I shouldn't say trying, they were taking selfies. I mean, these guys were super nice to everybody. I, mean, I, I didn't, I didn't see one guy be an asshole to a fan all all week which was shocking to me but anyway we left them alone we just let them do their thing we just tried to you know if we ran right into one we would just be like hey how's it going you know and i think they kind of by the end of it a few of them had to know our faces because we were around them so much you know (laughs) um but yeah no we totally left them alone um the two of the events were were in our uh okay so the arena was attached to our casino and hotel so two of the events people started showing up for those events but by that time all the wrestlers were were backstage so no there weren't a lot of people just hanging around there were some but but not many and i think that's kind of what made it cool is they kind of felt like they could do whatever they wanted and they weren't really getting bothered unless it was the day of the actual like shows that they did nice and uh where was it where'd you stay this was at mandalay bay um which another another key thing mandalay bay was probably the best one i've ever stayed at i mean all of them are okay but mandalay bay was really nice uh it's not the best sports book i've ever been to uh i see darren ask, ask the question there i certainly don't think it was the best but it, it it did the job it's not bad 
but the the casino was really good the way it was laid out was good like i said it was attached right to the one of the buildings that we had two shows in and the, the rooms were pretty nice so uh best sports book i've ever been to believe valleys i love valley sports book i think it's fantastic yeah i haven't been to valleys in gosh years but the, the times i've been there and it, it, it kept getting better um yeah it, it that one's hard to match i thought uh is it what was it uh, mg uh, no uh caesars. oh the one we for the belmont uh is caesars wasn't it caesars was really good very good yeah very yes. good yeah um did you see Paige up close uh Paige, i did not see uh she was only there for one event and i think they probably kept her away she's <laughs> one that, she's one that she's she's famous outside of it so you know yeah, she can't although i did see i did see a lot of the big stars so that really was the thing but i don't know Paige was only there for sunday so she may have came in and came out i don't know if she stayed marla says she recommends cosmo cosmopolitan in vegas uh, yeah that's a good one as well yeah, yeah. did you have problems not that not, i mean just because uh, i know because you know vegas is touch and go in terms of how long like was the time frame because you were there like yeah. seven days like mm-hmm. did you get sick of it at the end or did you have to some days did you just say not leaving the hotel room or if i am i'm going to the pool and that's it that the big key was we had three wrestling shows and they started in the middle of the afternoon because we you know they 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 set them up for eastern times to start at like seven eastern well that's four o'clock you know where we're at so that kind of broke up the days if we didn't have those i would definitely be ready to leave uh after three or four days like normal um so having those three shows helped and then the pool at mandalay bay I mean, everybody's got a nice pool at Vegas, but the Mandalay Bay pool area is ridiculous. I mean, it's got a wave pool. It's got a regular pool. It's got a lazy river. It's got uh, two places to eat. Girls coming by and giving you drinks all the time. Like that, it was a legit pool. So we were able to kill some time there too. And it was a good thing because I did great at Belmont. I did great on sports. I could not stay away from the blackjack table. And, you know, it would just be, I made a couple hundred dollars on the sports games tonight or today and go over there and lose 150 of it. You know, I mean, that's <laughs> how it was. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, it was a good thing that, uh, that we did have some events. It kind of broke up, you know, the trip a little bit. Right. If you're there, like I just, you know, cause sometimes we go, it's like, it's just straight. Like, you're there gambling for one reason. That's it. Yeah. And it just gets, well, gambling and drinking, but having like, you know, and that's one thing I've always wanted to do. I don't know if people like listening have, you know, been to Vegas for, for different, like for shows. Like I've always wanted to go to shows when you're out there, but it's just like, you're with a bunch of guys and it's just like, you know what I mean? Like the last thing everyone wants to do is go see a show, but I bet having those shows kind of in the middle of all this would help with the monotony of just blackjack, you know, betting on yeah. game, pool, drink, repeat. That that was the, the there were two big keys the show for sure, and going with your wife instead of five of your friends. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just such a big difference. And honestly, both are great. I'm not knocking either one, but it was kind of nice to not have that constant feeling like shit the whole time you were there. And that made or the it guy, easy. Are the, guy, are the guy being like, "You're not drinking? What are you doing?" Right. And it's like, I'm not saying I didn't drink at all the whole time I was there. No, of course not. Yeah, you had some drinks, but you woke up each morning and you didn't feel like shit. And that kind of helps you prolong the 
hey, we could stay for another day and this isn't so bad. <laughs> you remembered how much, you know, you remember what you bet the night before and how you did and how, you know, mm-hmm. like it was not a blur. Like, yeah, I'm sure that, yeah. that that's a, you know, that's a factor I've never, you know, had been able to not, <laughs> not do, right? At my age now, I think it was really good. Now, if you go in your 20 or, you know, not well, not 20, but in your 20s, late 20s, early 20s, you probably maybe get a little bored, but for a 38 year old, it's like, yeah, it's, it's okay to go to the pool and then go get a Starbucks and just don't drink until maybe five in the afternoon, <laughs> you know, instead of at 10 in the morning. Uh, so that's kind Jeez. of, yeah. Yeah. But I kind All of right. love that on this trip. Well, uh, we missed you. Blinkers off. Definitely missed you. Um, I got stuck with magic and then he left and then he got stuck with some guy named Nick. And I'm starting to, I'm starting to wonder if it's me, you know, like you left and then oh, magically. Anyways, it's good to have you back. Please don't leave. Thank you. Some guy named Nick. I, that's, that's, that's a new one. Oh, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I was going to join. Honestly, God, I was going to join. But the one downside of, of Mandalay, the internet is brutal bad. Like entering the picks each morning took like double the time and that's just data entry that's just typing in something and hitting save and it, it was crazy so i thought i'm not even gonna attempt this yeah and well, i tried to get on with you guys with the meeting and i couldn't get on like it kept freezing up knocking me off so i was like yeah whatever yeah good it's a good week that was a good week to go and that's, not worry about it so because that, that was the biggest thing i told heather it's like this is a good week to go you know there's not a lot going on all right Good to have you back, and we are going to get to Belmont. That's right, today's show, we're going to hone in our picks. You know, we're still a week out, um, hone in our picks for the 2022 Belmont Stakes and discuss some of the latest updates on these Belmont Stakes Racing Festival contenders. And we're going to do some rapid fire uh, for the greatest stakes action at Belmont Park, Churchill Downs, and Halterman's favorite course, Penn National, including the 400K Penn Miles Stakes. Let's go! June 11th, Belmont Stakes 154. It's coming up. And, of course, Rich Strike, the Kentucky Derby long shot winner, the 80-1 to winner. He's not going to be 80-1 to next Saturday, but he's in the race. That's the plan, anyways. And he's got to face Mo Donegal. Um, That's kind of the main threat. We, the people, we're going to go through here. We don't obviously know the, the, the for sure field, and we don't know all the contenders that might or may not end up running or not running, but we do know the kind of the main uh, chunk of them. And we're going to go through each one of them, talk about them, give us your thoughts, give our thoughts, kind of some long shots that we look, we're looking at. I'll just go through the field as of right now. It's June 2nd, the latest I have on the contenders for the Belmont Stakes. Uh, next, like again, next Saturday, June 11th, uh, Barbara Road, that's your horse, uh, Brigadier, this is new, Brigadier General, uh, creative Minister, Ethereal Road, Golden Glider, Howling Time, Coocher, Mo Donegal, Nest, the Philly Nest, Rich Strike, Skippy Longstocking, and We the People. So obviously some of those are filler, it seems, but you know, you look at you know Barber Road, we last saw him at the Kentucky Derby, Creative Minister, last saw him finishing third in the Preakness Ethereal Road was awesome and Sir Barton. Uh Mo Donegal, of course, Kentucky Derby he finished fifth, but he also won the wood that beat the, the Preakness winner early voting. Uh, Ness, like I said, got beat by Secret Oath uh, in the Kentucky Oaks. Uh, Rich Strike needs no introduction. 
Uh, and then We the People, Skippy Longstock finished fifth, and the Preakness saw him last. And We the People was awesome in the Peter Pan. So, like we said earlier, it's not maybe like a world class kind of race, but it's not awful. And you do have the Derby winner. And you said you do have the horse that beat the Preakness winner. So, I mean, it could be worse, right? I think there's some interesting horses that might be prices in here as well. Yeah, I, I think it definitely could be worse. And, you know, everybody knows the top three, We the People, Mo Donegal, and, of course, of course, Rich Strike. Uh, I thought Creative Minister, if you want to talk about one that's kind of interesting, seems to be getting better, did not embarrass himself at all at, in the Preakness. And he's kind of that outsider that's maybe going to be the 8-1 to one or more that I'm, I'm really looking at again. I looked at him in the Preakness, and he came in and third and got the job done. I don't see why he can't do it again. He's got pretty good breeding for this race. So creative minister, I was happy to see he's showing up here. And he kind of fits what we talk about with McPeak. When he's a double-digit price or around that price, fire. And if he's even money or two to one, don't. And so he he's kind of going to fit that road. Uh, I like him a little bit better than like a horse like Ethereal Road or Golden Glider. Two horses I think uh, you know might take uh, up in that spot of 10, 12, 15 to one. I think Skippy Longstocking kind of showed that I don't know if he's ready for the big time. So it feels a lot like the Preakness where you got a big three and then you got to kind of get creative. And who is that horse that's going to come in and get second or third and make this thing pay? Um, you know, creative minister, maybe a little, can't believe I'm saying it. Arbor road, maybe he can get up and get third in this race. He's one that just, he's not going to stop. And that's what you want for the Belmont. I think Barber road is, is uh is i don't know if i want to call him an upset contender but he's he's definitely one because you know if you watch go back and watch the kentucky derby i mean him and O'Donagle kind of had very similar trips in terms of being very wide and of course we'll always have to ask the question what happens if one of those horses went inside like rich strike and obviously rich strike went outside would we have seen the same result probably not um obviously modonagle out finished barber road barber road it seems like a horse that can't quite get the job done, but he's true. You know, he shows up every race more than you can say a lot about a lot more than a lot of these horses. So yeah, I think Barbara road is a huge contender um, to, to hit the board. I, I, I would use them everywhere on the, you know, definitely in the second and third spots. Um, creative minister one. So you, do you think we're going to get double digits on him? Cause I mean, it wasn't like he, he didn't embarrass He ran well actually in the Preakness. Uh, just right there behind the top two. Uh, and, and also, does it concern you that when you look at this field, he is the only horse that is going to have ran basically the triple crown? Now, I didn't run the Derby, so obviously that takes a different yeah. measure because the Derby itself is a, is a grueling race. But he did run on the undercard of the Derby. So this is a horse that's going to be running his third race in five weeks. Do you take that into consideration? Yeah, I mean, you have to a little bit. I, I'm not too worried about it in his situation. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that that is a thing. And to your first question, do you think you're going to get double digits odds? I think if the Phillies in the race, he almost has to be. Because he's not going to get bet past the, the, the top three, right? And I don't think the Philly will take less money than him. So I think he's almost going to have to be, just mathematically. Maybe Samet should be the one to answer. He's always, you know, mathematically with the odds and such. But it seems like he's going to be a decent price for sure. Yeah, three races, five weeks. I mean, he's the only one that did it this year, and he didn't 
still didn't really do it, but <laughs> kind of. Uh, he ran on the day at least. So I'm not that concerned about it. You know, he's a horse that comes from out of it. Usually those horses can recover a little bit quicker than ones that are just out there and, and, have, and go for go for broke early. So I'm not overly concerned about that, no. Yeah, he's if he's double digits, uh, because you got to think, we the people will be obviously a lower price. Um, I'm going to assume, here's... I would assume Mo Donegal will go off at like three or four to one favorite. I think that's where the favorite should be, anyways. Rich, I don't think Rich Strike will be the favorite. No, I mean no. he'll probably be like five or six to one. Yeah. Uh, we the people in that in that range as well. Um, so yeah, if Ness is in the race, obviously she's going to take some money. So yeah, you could be in Ethereal Road and Creative Minister really could be kind of competing with that, you know kind of that next place there in terms of the, the odds. So yeah, I mean, credit minister at 10 to one. I, he was, of course the odds were crazy in the Preakness, but he was bet down um, in the Preakness. Uh, of course, everyone, everyone was it's like yeah. the craziest shit ever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think he did enough to where you're going to have to make sure you get a price on him, but he also showed that, he deserves to be like the 10 to one range. I wouldn't want to bet him underneath that. And my, my make peak system, you can't. <laughs> right. And, you know, I think the Philly is going to get a lot of play, right? But this, this horse creative minister has a faster speed figure than the nest has ever put up. Right. So nest is more of like, Whoa, she did that really impressive. She looked awesome, but the speed figure never really comes back that high. So, that kind of, to me, is like, well, that's a little bit of a chink in her armor. Maybe I'm not going to play this horse, uh, you know, and maybe Creative Minister is going to be one to take a look at. And Barbara Rhodes, certainly not as flashy as she is, but maybe just a little faster. If Ness is in the race, I'm going to have a hard time not using her. Like, in my top, I don't know about the top spot, but because, she, you know, you go back and watch the Kentucky Oaks, and she just kind of, just kind of keeps coming, you know, she's just that grinder at the end there. You know, she obviously was a lot flashier in that race at, at Keeneland, um, the prep race, but when secret oath ran huge that day and she still kind of was kind of coming, you know, just kept coming and she was just, she's a grinder. So I think that Belmont distance, and that's obviously why Todd is, uh, is thinking that with, with her, if, if she is there, you got to think he's not running her to, to embarrass herself. So if she's there, I, I think you, she's a must use uh, to hit the board as well. So if you're keeping track, there's Barbara road. He makes sense. Ness makes sense. O'Donagall certainly makes sense to win. So where does rich strike land? <laughs> I, I have him in third in my, my top five rankings going into this. And, Things always change once the PPs get in front of you and, and you, you see these horses side by side. I'm in third uh, right now. And it, to me, his problem, and I think it was Mark that maybe uh, said this maybe a lot earlier in the show, and it's the same problem with Modonigal. It's like, damn, a closer, it's not, it's not impossible for a closer to win this, but they usually don't. And so for one of those two to – kind of have a better chance in my eyes they're going to have to sit at least a little closer i'm not saying on the lead but maybe mid-pack um and the reason why is the pace is usually pretty slow last year it was very fast but usually it's pretty slow in the belmont and you look at this year's belmont and we the people kind of looks out by himself right so 
it kind of hurts, uh, you know, Rich Strike as far as will this set up for him? Maybe he could run really, really well and still lose because the setup isn't going to be quite as good. That that's the worry I've got with him. But the positive dude is this horse. If he's bred to win any of the three, it's this one, right? This is the one yep. he's bred to win. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, say say what you want about the decision by Eric Reed and the connections to to bypass the Preakness, but. According to him and the quotes that you read, it's like, we ran in the Derby to show or maybe to prove to ourselves that we can compete with this bunch. And then our plan was all along the Belmont because, like you said, he's bred to, to go long, right? Well, what's the, what's the bastard do? He goes and wins the Derby. And then that makes the decision of skipping. The, like, hey, we never even thought about the Preakness. <laughs> that changes everything. And so they stuck by it. The plan all along has been the Belmont win or lose or draw with the with the Derby. So say what you want, but you know he. You're right. The the Belmont sh- should be perfect for him. It's just it's it's hard to get there. It's hard to say. It you you got eighty to one, and I say you got eighty to one. Whoever got eighty to one on that horse, congratulations. But if you were able to play him at eighty to one, now you're gonna have to play. And even if he's Eight to one. I mean, think of the, the difference of eighty to one and eight to one, and that's what you're gonna have to take here. I don't know. That's just it. And he's probably gonna be more like four to one or five yeah. to one. So yeah. uh yeah, I that's just you you laid it out, and that's the problem, right? Um, so but look, if he does win this race, man alive, are we gonna have something to talk about? A horse literally maybe could have won the triple crown but he didn't do it because he didn't try that would be unbelievable and again you look at this field forget about the derby pretend the derby didn't happen and he ran like a good second in the peter pan let's say you can't tell me this horse wouldn't be taking money and people wouldn't be talking about him i know and and uh, and not to mention how because like the bigger picture past this race is the travers and how many horses have in, in connections, I should say, not the horses aren't exactly you know talking, but how many connections have you seen Travers, you know, Zandon and you know, Rich Strike, they mentioned Rich Strike wanting to go there. Um, and of course Epicenter possibly, and like the it just keeps coming, like you know, these horses like this could be you could you could get to early voting, maybe like you get to a point where you have the Derby, the Preakness, and the Belmont winner all in the Travers. If they stay healthy, the Travers will be the race of the year for this division. Bar none. Now, it, might be the, is, it, might, it might be the decider of three-year-old the year as well. That is a huge if. I want to make that very clear. That's a huge if. These horses being healthy next week is an if, let alone a race in August, the last week in August. But if they all get there, the Travers will be the better than the Kentucky Derby. The, the Travers will be the best race on on of the year leading up to it, without any doubt. Because like I said, you could have all three Triple Crown race winners there. The Haskell winner is probably going to be there. You know, we don't know who that is yet, but he, he'll be there. Plus, whoever develops, you know, later on in the year, there's always one that does that. And then you still got those two out west that they got to be better than what they ran in the Derby. Probably one of them's going to be there. So yep. it it's going to be better than the Kentucky Derby this year. If, if it all works out and they all stay healthy. Yeah. I mean, um, 
I don't know. Does anybody have a, a Bob Baffert time, <laughs> like a countdown clock in their house or anything that you could let me know? But Thanks I don't know when that lie. is. But <laughs> but you got to think like we're gonna see. I mean, like you said, Tava or you know, Tava for sure seems like the one that we're gonna see get a, a reboot here and run in one of the you know like throw those horses in the mix at some point. Um, yeah, you're right. I think this division I is it, it, it it's it's uh, low key impressive this division, and it, it didn't seem like it was going to be that way not so long ago. Well, here's what's happened, in my opinion. You had your horses going into it that you liked, like Zandon, like Epicenter, Count the Two Out West, uh, you know, Wide Barrio, all these horses. And Mo Donegal, some of them ran well, some of them didn't, but still, you was like, okay, they're still good horses. But the winner of the two races, Rich Strike, he's not thrown his name out of nowhere, so it's like, wow, you know, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta at least talk about him. And then early voting came back and won the Preakness and ran maybe the best race out of anybody yet. So now he's in the in the mix, and he was not one. Obviously, he wasn't even in the Derby, even though he qualified for it, didn't run in it. So there's horses that have jumped up in these two big races that really weren't on the radar. And by the way, we, the people can be the next one. And so then you've got three horses that kind of jumped up in one uh, that, that weren't considered like top five, but all those other horses are still around that you thought were, and they're all going to reconvene in the summer. And that makes for a really exciting summer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And by the way, this horse, Ethereal Road, he might yeah. be in all of them. And listen, you're right, Marlette. That's one of the things. I mean, I've I've yeah. I've seen Ethereal Road several times in person, and he is a big horse, but mm-hmm. that day, and I don't know if it was like the camera angle or what, but him or maybe B Doc is just super tiny. <laughs> but dude, it looked like when he, when Ethereal Road is running by B Doc, it looked like he could like stop, take a chunk out of B Doc, take a bite out of him, and then keep going. Like this horse was monstrous compared to B Doc. I think it added to a lot of the the like the size difference. It looked like, but yeah, he is a big horse, and he looks like a good horse. And that's he's the problem to me. Is like you want to you want to like this horse, and you like he seems to make a lot of sense for this race. But we've also seen him run some really not so good races and that's why halter and i were both against the three-year-old road in that race because he thought well gosh i'm gonna beat him here and he looked like a freak so i don't know you and marla are totally right he looked like a clydesdale coming down there <laughs> compared to that other horse <laughs> uh yeah, yeah right but- jeff are we ever gonna are we ever going to forgive the three-year-old road with a three-year-old road scratches right like He's the reason Rich Strike is even a name right now. Like, we wouldn't be talking about Rich Strike ever again, maybe. And because of Ethereal Road scratching out of the Derby, he got in. Of course, the rest is history. So, yeah, maybe who who's going to be the, the scratch horse that gets in? When, if Ethereal Road ever's in a race in the future and scratches out, if someone gets in somehow, he's automatically going to be bet down to, like, 4-1. to one. Well. I mean, and you talk about Ethereal Road, why he might scratch. I mean, the horse runs every other week. So, <laughs> honestly, I think that's why he scratched out of the Derby. He just wasn't doing very good because he ran him he ran him at Keeneland twice, back-to-back weeks, in the Bluegrass and then the Lexington. And then they circle around three weeks later, and Lucas is like, hey, he's just not doing very good. Well, shit, I wonder why. You know? <laughs> and then two weeks later, he's like, damn, he's doing a lot better for this, for this Sir Barton. 
He said he no. said before the Sir Barton, he said, Oh, I probably screwed up. He's doing fantastic. Yeah, we probably should have put him in the preakness. Oh, he's probably doing good because he, he got some got the wind back underneath him, right? Like he, he he's not dead tired. So we'll see. Three weeks. Shit. That's a that's that's a some time off for Ethereal Road. He may show up and run really well. <laughs> well, we've said this before, I've said a lot about it. This it's just this it's part of the D Wayne program. And and yeah. when they're when they're good, they're really good. And when they're not, they're not because he kind of that's just how he trains them. And that's a lot of people said that about Secret Oath going into the Oaks, like how they could, like they were worried about playing her because of how hard he was pushing her on the track and how tired she looked and just the, the issues that possibly could come with that. And of course, she ran huge, but you got to think she was on the line, man, of just being her, so tight, but also could 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 fall apart at any second and. I wouldn't say she ran t- poor in the Preakness, but it obviously caught up to her a little bit. Um, and she just was a little flat late, late in that race. Certainly didn't have the kick we, you know, she had in the, in the, uh, in the Oaks. And so, yeah, that's, that tends to happen with some of his horses, but yeah, when they're good, they're really good. Yeah. Yeah. You, you said it best. You said it best. And I was happy to see, and I bet everybody's a little bit happy to see secret oath won't be racing again until Saratoga. Yeah. I mean, she needed some time for sure. That's part of the problem when you're when you're a well, I guess not for a three old roads case, but when you're a good horse, you just you, what about, you, if you what run about, what about <laughs> throw a Mr. Ed mask on Bravazo and bring him out of her. Hey, you know what? His ass would run. Uh, he wouldn't win, but he would run. Just give him two weeks. He'll be ready. We'll get him ready. Two weeks. <laughs> Lucas says, I'll I'll have him ready. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what do you think about, uh, is we, the people, I know, so you're, I know you're probably leaning that direction. You like, we, the people, I like, we, the people, but there's the issue of you wish that that track would have been a normal track that day mm-hmm. because you have the, the, you know, cause we've heard, we'd heard that he was supposed to be good. And of course I don't give a shit what kind of, he, he was bad in the Arkansas Derby. He just was, we saw him there in live. He was not good. So what happened? Was it the was it the track? Was it the no speed? Is it is that who he is? So he he's dangerous, but you can also have to tap the brakes a little bit because you just still don't know quite what he is. Yeah, he's he's one of a hundred that we heard were good this year, right? We always hear horses are good, but he was backing it up until that Arkansas Derby. I don't have an explanation for what happened. People are pointing to the trip. It's like, oh, it was a horrible trip. Yeah, but he was, <laughs> he didn't do anything at all. Yeah. Like if he would have ran fourth and it's like, okay, but he just kind of quit on him. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know that he can get 12 furlongs and I don't know that he can hold off a horse that's really coming after him late. That's the worry. But I think he's got to be in the mix because of the setup. Um, but I'm 50-50 on what to do with him. His issue to me is going to be a, a we've talked I've talked about this a lot with like in the past with different, you know, with like whether it be an epicenter or someone that's on the lead where it's like maybe he runs a really big race and he and he's able to hold off, you know, Mo Donegal or Rich Strike, but then there's the other one. Mm-hmm. Whichever one I didn't mention, you know, like you've got a a handful of horses, Barber Road and Creative Minister and and Modonigal and and Ness will throw her in there and Rich Strike like they're all going to be taking their shots at, down at that and the at the very end of this race when the when the real running is 
is most important. And sure, can he put away one or two of those? Yeah, probably, maybe, if he's good enough. But gosh, you just wonder if like he gets nipped at the wire, you know, just kind of just can't quite get the job done because of all these horses coming after him. Yeah, I mean, I think his best chance, obviously, is to get out to where he doesn't have to take a lot of those horses' best shot until it's too late. Right? That's how a speed horse, you know, generally can win a race. He just gets way away from them, and then here here they come to take their shot, and they hit the wire, right? Um, And so, yeah, I mean, if they turn for home and horses are starting to take their shots at him and he's having to fend them off, he is going to get beat late. The biggest thing is this is a, this is a massive move up in class. We talked about this Peter Pan on on one of our shows, and this is not a good race, right? <laughs> you know, these horses just aren't very good. Now we the people definitely proved, oh yeah, there was one that was pretty good, and it was him. But this is a whole different ball game, and it's a whole different distance. And like you said, it's going to be a whole different track, and that's a big one that you asked about. It was it just, hey, it was a sloppy track. He's got speed. Nobody else in that race really had that kind of speed, and he just got away from him that day. It's possible. Uh, yeah, it's possible. Um, but, yeah, he's 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 intriguing. He's definitely the most intriguing horse in the race that's like, I don't want to know if they call him a new shooter, but I guess he kind of is. Um, that he, he he's, a, he's interesting. You would He's going to probably be – too low of odds in my in my you know like he'll be deservingly i'd say but in my book like you're gonna have to suck down a pretty low price on him based off that impressive performance and it came back like a a good number as well um and you're gonna have to do that and not really knowing if he how legit that performance was so yep but i I mean but you have to use him if you're using a multis like you have i to me he's, he's a must use in in the multis because how could he not be? He's a win candidate. If it sets up exactly how it looks right now and he's lone speed, you're taking a risk. You're taking a risk because you don't want to get to that point and get beat by a horse. You could have eased out and knew, yeah, he's on the lead and he's going to be by himself. Right? And the other thing with the multi is what, race, what races will be able can you Can you afford to this and that's before we know anything i totally agree with you he you don't want to get beat gate to wire in the belmont you just don't yeah speaking of um that the undercard for this thing is going to be nice uh Mm -hmm. i mean listen it's just the who's who's it's it's completely loaded um i guess i could throw it up on the screen here what race are you most looking forward to undercard? Oh boy, that's a good question. Mile, I think, obviously, is the one that's uh, the answer. Uh, the Ogden Phipps is going to be fantastic. The Acorn is going to be fantastic. Those are the three that pop out immediately to me. Um, uh, let's see, what's the name of the one that uh, speak uh, speak of the devils in? I can't. Just a game. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's the fourth one. Yeah. So those are the four that I really am looking forward to on this one. That one, yeah. Well, here we go. Um, so there's the Jiper. You got the recipe red, which is a brief cup winner in bound for nowhere. Cast Creed, um, Gear Jockey, some of those. But the Ogden Phipps, Bonnie South, Clarier, Latruska, Malathot, Royal Royal Flag, Search Results, CC's possible for the race. The Woody Stevens. You get Jack Christopher versus Wit. 
who looked awesome. Both horses looked awesome. Um, last out, yeah, the Just a Game in Italian, Regal Glory, Speak of the Devil, <laughs> the Chad Browns, you know, like that's just an insane race uh, alone right there. And like they said, the Met Mile, you get Flightline back. This is super freak Flightline. But who's he? He's going to face Speaker's Corner, who's been awesome. Like to me, the Met Mile is easily the one I think on undercard wise. Cause I mean, Flightline is just, we had no idea how good Flightline really could be. I just remember, I got to keep going back to remembering how good he was uh, when he was running and thinking this is like the next superstar. Yeah. And just now haven't he, seen him in so long. Now he faces speaker's corner. Who's just looked unbeatable so far this year. I mean, I, I don't know what more you want there. I know a lot of people are like, Oh, I wish life is good. Was there? Well, I mean, speaker's corner, our first flight line is pretty darn good. Um, Bonnie <clears throat> South, Clarier, Latruska, Malafat, Royal Flag, Search Results, and CC. Mm. It doesn't get any better than that for the older Phillies and Mares. Uh, yeah, I mean, Regal Glory versus Speak of the Devil will be insane. Yeah. <laughs> Regal Glory has been fantastic, and Speak of the Devil looked unbeatable last time out. So, I mean, this, that is just, an insane few races. And that's like you said, you just mentioned Jack Christopher versus Witt. That's going to be pretty damn good. I mean, Witt looked great in the base shore. Jack Christopher looked like a million bucks in his return. Especially when you put their, what the running styles are one that oh. wants to, is going to be out close. And then one's going to be coming off and you're going to have that. Like that to me is, is like that is going to be so exciting to see how that race ends. A hundred percent. It's going to be fun. I, uh yeah so, i know I mean, this, this when is... i saw speak of the devil that day i thought and i think we all said it like i don't know where and care really where he runs her she's not losing a race this year but yet now she has to go up against regal glory which we kind of thought this would happen but it's not going to be easy and you're gonna and we had a lot of questions like who's better well we're gonna find out well and regal glory beat a, another chad horse last time uh at keeneland that we all thought, oh gosh, this is going to be the next big one. And that horse ran fantastic and got beat by Regal Glory. So now we got another one. I mean, it's crazy, man. This is this is a great, great card. Uh, like I said, there's going to be a lot of Breeders' Cup winners come out of this card. No doubt about it, man. I cannot wait. Man, cannot wait. It's just, I'm glad we did get, kind of get an update here because it's getting me jacked up uh for <laughs> next week we'll be back obviously next week with we'll know the fields we'll we'll, we'll know how, how this thing is going to unfold a little bit more so we'll have obviously more analysis more picks more information go to our youtube page obviously uh youtube slash racing dudes for more videos but yeah that is the the first look at belmont stakes 154 and the belmont stakes racing festival <laughs> Time for Rapid Fire, presented by the Inside Track to the 2022 Belmont Stakes Racing Festival Wagering Guide. Go get the all-inclusive wager guide to the 2022 Belmont Stakes Racing Festival on June 11th. 2022 at Belmont Park features in-depth analysis of all nine stakes, eight grade ones on the card, including the $1.5 million Belmont Stakes, which we just talked about, but that is not all, along with the nine major stakes races. This wagering guide will also feature race-by-race analysis, betting suggestions, and multi-race plays for the entire Saturday card. We'll also be doing... Our, and our, our inclu- all-exclusive bankroll wagering article that we do all these big uh, days, only available in this guide. Uh, we will be covering all nine stakes. And of course, eight of those grade ones and three 
our Breeders' Cup winning your in. So it's a huge day. Full version is available uh, on or before June 9th. And as a bonus, if you're going to bet this, bet with us at race, with the Racing Dudes at BetPTC. That's BetPTC.com. Enter promo code DUDES and get a $200 new member bonus right now. Bet PTC. Bet the Belmont and all the races with the Racing Dudes at BetPTC. All right. Let's kick things off with Penn National. And Halterman, you're excited about it. I know. You mm-hmm. watch Penn National anyways. But uh-huh. this card, in particular, Friday, will kick things off. Race 5, the Penn Oaks. This is Friday's card. Uh, 150K, Phillies, three-year-olds go one mile on the turf. Field of six lines up for this one. Chad Brown's bringing a bunch. Uh, morning uh, morning Marcus, I'm sorry. Hottie. Not Morning Marcus. That's three. Hottie versus Customer List. So Hottie's got the class. Customer list is kind of the new shooter, so to speak. Pratt's on one. Irod's on the other. That didn't work so well last week if you were playing at Santa Anita, where I read school Pratt. But maybe he can turn the tables here. Which one? Which Chad Brown are you on here? Revenge this weekend for Flavian. Revenge. Um, <laughs> no, listen. Why I really like this is there are some really nice horses that'll come over here and win these two races at Penn. Regal Glory is one of them. Isn't that something? We just kind of talked about how great she's been this year. Well, she won the Penn Oaks the year she was a three-year-old. So that being said, it's Chad Brown. It's Flavian Pratt. It is Hottie, the four horse. I love this horse. If you remember, this horse went into the uh, Breeders' Cup last year. Breeders' Cup filly in their uh, turf. Uh, mm-hmm. Juvenile filly in their turf. Off of a maiden special weight win, and that's it. Now, she also crossed the wire first in her debut, but got disqualified. Turn around, won next time out very easily. Ran in this race and damn near won. Got beat three quarters of a length. Finished third. This race has come back very, very tough. <clears throat> Horses out of this race have come back to win at an alarming rate. I think this is a perfect spot for Hottie. She was in a stakes uh, last weekend and got scratched out of it to run here. And now I think this is a perfect spot for her going a mile. That last race was seven furlongs she was in. We're going a mile here. I like it. Like that they scratched out to come here. I like Hottie a lot. Yeah, I think Hottie makes a lot of sense. And, you know, the fact that you, I'm with you, I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm on Pratt. I'm back. I'm still on him, but I'm, I'm sticking with him after last week, even though he got schooled by Irad. Hopefully I'm not wrong about that, but yeah, you're right. And pizza Bianca came back and looked really good. Um, last out. And obviously that holds up. And like you said, it, the whole race itself, um, has held up really well. The Brewers could be off Philly's turf. So yeah, I, I think hottie is a horse. I mean, she's four to five. So that that's a bummer. And especially when you got five to two on, on customer list, customer list makes a lot of sense. Well, you kind of, like you said, uh, new shooter but the issue with her is like i would have liked to have seen like if she was run like had ran in like a maiden came back this year ran an allowance and then was here but you haven't seen this horse since september number six customer list whereas hottie i know you haven't seen her since november but you also saw her in the breeders cup last mm-hmm. time and she nearly won the race so there's to me there's a difference there um too big to ignore i'm with you i'm a number four hottie Let's go to the next one, the next race uh, on Friday at Penn National Race 6, the Penn Mile Stakes, grade 2, 400K for three-year-olds going one mile. And this is why they show up, 400K at Penn National for three-year-olds on the turf going one mile. So, yeah, they're going to bring it. And Fletcher's br- brought it with 9-5 to five favorite Annapolis making his return. Uh, Irad jumps aboard, and maybe 
is this the time now to fade Pratt and get back to Irad? Because Fort Washington, all the way to the outside, is where Pratt's on. And you got to go, you got to say, well, it's it's Shug, it's not Chad. So now you got to play Annapolis, right? I've been waiting for Annapolis to come back. Uh, this is a horse I was probably going to pick at the Breeders' Cup. Uh, you know, who knows the way it turned out. Maybe I wouldn't have. That was a monster. They came over here and won, and then they didn't pay us. But anyway, uh, back to Annapolis. Uh, this horse, I think, is very, very good. Uh, a one-on debut at Saratoga looked really good, and then came back in the Pilgrim. And uh, it was kind of a, a weird race for this horse. It wasn't really what this horse wants to do. Uh, it was a really short field, but he was still able to come up and get the job done. So I'm excited for Annapolis. Excited to see how this horse moves forward. Pretty good workout, uh, you know, leading up to this at Belmont on the turf. So I'm excited for Annapolis here. I, I think he's going to come back and look pretty good. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me uh, here was uh, it just it's a good spot. You know, for for it's, like, you're not going to get too many four hundred thousand dollar races to to make a return um, in a three year old debut, and it be this soft. You know, I, I get that Fort Washington and and Red Danger are are interesting. It's surely, but it's like I had, I wanted to pick Fort Washington just because you know better price. But the last two, it's like can win unlisted stakes races at Tampa and and Aqueduct, and I get you're getting Pratt, but still, I mean. Come on, like it's not. It's like the horse like ten links, and by the way, he's got to beat Annapolis. I think wasn't Annapolis like until they decided not to run the the Breeders' Cup. Yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. And then, like I said, when Europeans came over, I probably would have went that way. But yes, I liked Annapolis a lot leading up to the Breeders' Cup. Yeah, yeah. So I'm with you. I think Annapolis here. Um, makes too much sense, and and again, it's 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 a combination for me of being a horse that obviously showed to have a ton of talent last year as a two-year-old, and also just a very soft spot that I think um, he could take advantage of in terms of you know not being a high level of, of class, and also is a versatile horse that where he draws the rail. I don't see that he's going to be in too much uh, trouble. Um, and by the way, that Pilgrim was a good race. He came back had some good horses in that race as well. So I'm with you at number one, Annapolis. Let's go to Belmont Park on Saturday. Now, Belmont Park on Saturday. Race nine, the Penine Ridge Stakes, grade two. Another turf race for three-year-olds. 200K, three-year-olds, about, about 118 miles on the turf. So we're going a little longer here. But again, turf racing, Belmont Park, heading into Saratoga. You're going to see these horses, even the horses we just talked about um, at Penn National, heading into Saratoga. So you're going to start to see these horses kind of merge together. Field of seven. Oh, I guess one of them will be a main track. Gilded Age is main track only. So field of six lines up uh, here, and really, it's a it's it's an interesting field because you have a, a several options. You know, other than Daunt, who's fifteen to one, you kind of have options all over the place. Limited liability at six to one. Napo- Napoleonic War at three to one. Uh, Eliza at six to one. Emmanuel, my boy. Yeah, we're kind of on, on, you know, it's not not so much my boy anymore. But Emmanuel, yeah, that same Emmanuel who last finished third in the Bluegrass was on the Derby Trail, switching to uh, turf for Todd Fletcher at five to two, and then unanimous consent for Chad Brown at eight to five. So you kind of get your options all over the place, and here we are. We've got Pratt, Chad Brown. Are you going that angle again? I'm going to use the four, but. I am putting the six Emmanuel on top, and you might be laughing to yourself, thinking that is crazy. 
He's lost his mind. This horse has been facing much better horses than the rest of these have been facing. He's got a much better speed figure than the rest of these have been facing. Listen, this horse is bred to like the turf, and I don't see any other speed in this race whatsoever. I think he's loose on the lead, and you might say, yeah, he was loose on the lead last time, and he faded. I think it has to do with the surface. I think he ran so well, they had to give the Kentucky Derby uh, a trail a shot. And now that he's back and he's back on the on the turf, or, or I shouldn't say back on the turf, but now that they're back to trying, you know, to get him on the turf, I think it's going to make a world of difference. And if I think, you know, that he's going to enjoy the surface, I got to pick him because I think he's going to get loose. I like Emmanuel in this spot. I will say this. I, I, I find it hard to believe, based off everything you said, same reasons, that turning for home... And we've seen it before with Emmanuel, right? Turning for home, he's in the lead. There's just like you say, there's no pace in the race. And 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 by the way, you're a time form guy, so maybe help me and help others. You know, when you look at this time form, he's a massive standout. Now, for you got to remember the 118 he got, which was in the bluegrass, was on the dirt. But when you're talking about any of these others, you like. The high up pass besides the 118 is a 105. And that's a huge discrepancy there in terms of these kind of stakes races. So you really don't need him even to be as good as he was in the bluegrass by those standards, right? Exactly. Uh, his his race in the Florida Derby, which wasn't that great, we didn't think, got a 103, which is competitive uh, with everybody and just below the four. That's it in this race. So, yeah, if he runs in between the two, like a 110 time form is going to win this thing. And so if you think he's going to like the turf better than he did the dirt and he's going to run better on the turf, I don't know how you don't pick him. And that's where I'm at with it. Now, if you're like, listen, they're just trying things. Forget this. Then I get it. But if you think he's going to take to the turf, he should be awfully, awfully tough to beat in here. Now, obviously, he's got to beat two Chad Browns. That's not going to be easy. That's never easy. You would be a fool not to try to at least play one of these with them. But I think Emmanuel makes a ton of sense. And if, like I said, if he's loose on the lead and he turns for home, and he's like, hey, this turf isn't so bad. <laughs> and he keeps running. I don't know. I don't think they're going to be able to catch him in this one. So I'm, I'm going to give him a shot. And by the way, this is a really important race. The last five winners of this race, Oscar Performance, Catholic Boy, uh, Demarchier, Decorated Invader, and Sainthood. And last year was off the turf, so that doesn't count too much. But good horses win this race. So whoever comes out of this is probably going to end up having a good year. And like you say, you've got now you, you can you, you're going to start seeing these horses merge together, and you know, when they get to Saratoga, right, and then really see you know who's who. But yeah, you're right. Um, and Emmanuel was, you know, when you go back and look at his like the bluegrass was a he was he was impressive. He, he just wasn't good. You know what I mean? Like, he wasn't good enough. But when you look at his numbers compared to, like, what he'd been running, he ran a huge race that day. He just clearly, I mean, think about it. The horse that beat him, Zandon, probably should have won the Derby, right? You know, Smile Happy ran big. You know, he had finished second to Epstein, who also probably should have ran or should have won the Kentucky Derby. So, that, I mean, it wasn't like he, got, he just got beat by bad horses that day. Like, he tried... And, that, and I, I loved the effort because what I said after the race is like, well, at least we know what he is, right? Yeah. He showed, but we know what he is now. Like he, we no question. So yeah, to, to, to round that all together, like he is a concern. And that's what I told you earlier. I thought 
listen, I'm not picking Emmanuel, but I he's certainly dangerous and he certainly could win this race because he is I think the better horse of the rate of the bunch, but again, you just don't know. So I I am going to play against him, but I'm going to be using him on top with the uh, number 4 Napoleonic War. That's my top pick. No shocker, right? Chad Brown, Flavian Pratt. This is a horse that, you know, lost in the Transylvania two back. But, I mean, go back. <laughs> go back and watch this race, the Transylvania. Yeah. It's not a race that Pratt's going to have on his uh, on his Hall of Fame induction uh, ceremony because, my goodness, it was rough. Um, yep. He says, got shuffled back. This horse was, like, at one point in the turn, it was, like, in maybe third got shuffled all the way back to last, then had to round out around all of them and came flying late to finish fourth, beating one and a half links, came back after that race to win at Belmont Park. So to me, Chad Brown entering this course here gives you a ton of confidence. So I think Pauline War for me, that was the Chad Browns is the one I like. But yeah, I think he's going to have to chase down number six, Emmanuel. So I like both of those. But on top, number four, Napoleonic War. You almost talked me into switching my pick to Emmanuel. So, well done. I don't know. I just... I, the four will probably beat him, right? I mean, the four is my second choice and makes a ton of sense, you know? But Emmanuel, shit, I mean, if he likes that turf at all, he, you know, he should win that race. Of course, on the backside of the bluegrass, I thought, I well, I told you, I said, he should win this race. He's cruising. Yeah. Um, it turns out, he got beat by really one at least really nice horse that day, but there's there's nobody like that in here, I don't think. So, well, the good thing about him, you know, is he's the way he seems to be a pretty he he, he kind of shows what he is in a lot of his races, you know. So like he should go to the lead, and there's not a lot of pace presence other than him, seemingly. So it's like you should get what. What he, you should get what you get out of him, right? And if he can win, then great. But y- you wouldn't think there's a lot of excuses, like other than the fact it's his first turf try. If he runs a good race, even if he runs a good good race and gets ran down by the four, great. You'll see. I think you'll see him on turf again. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Well, you look at the pedigree, and it certainly says he he has a great chance to like the turf. So. Yep. We'll see. All right, let's go to Churchill Downs on Saturday. Race five, the regret stakes, grade three, 200K for Phillies. Three-year-olds going one and one-eighth miles on the turf. Field of six lines up for this one. And how about, I mean, have we mentioned, if we're playing the drinking game, and every time we mention Chad Brown, <laughs> you were drunk. Because, hey, but what, what would it be? I mean, we're talking, we've all, we've talked tall turf races, and it's Chad Brown, and it's a Philly on the turf. Seven to five, number three, McCulloch uh, for Chad Brown and TGAF aboard here of course his riders over at belmont park so tgaff gets the mount for mcculloch halterman last time out got beat by new year's eve in the edgewood but here he is or here she is bouncing back are you gonna play her again i am i was really pissed that day because i thought she ran like i thought she would and i i was very high on her as you remember uh and just got beat by a horse i just didn't see new year's eve running like that you know, and that's not, I'm not knocking New Year's Eve at all. I just, it was my fault. I just didn't see it. Didn't see it happen like that. But I thought McCulloch ran well. She defeated everybody else pretty easily in that race. I think she comes back here, 
listen, it's a spot she should win. And uh, I, I think she will. So McCulloch on top for me. Yep, I'm with you. I, You know, like, she's getting better. Even though she lost that race in the Edgewood, she's getting better with each start. Um, she's improved every race. You know, she's ran, they ran her at a mile 16th every single time in three races. And she continues to run her race pretty much every time and just gets better at each race. And you, I, I mean, she ran a good race that day in the edge of it, just got beat. Now she's, they're stretching her out just a bit longer, which should obviously help her even more. So, yeah. I, and, and then it goes back to another thing, you know, like we talked about earlier. The, I don't know that I love anything else in here is the bigger other thing, too. So she seems to be, for me, it'd be kind of a standout just based off of, hey, she's the class of the race. Also helps too, you know. Last time we saw her, ran a big race at Churchill, right? So I think that's a, that's a nice sign too. Has a trip over the over the turf course there. So yeah, I'm with you, number three. Uh, McCulloch is my top pick as well. Let's see where are we going. Race eight. Let's go to race yep. eight. There's a there's, like I said, there's several stakes races on the card. Um, we're gonna we're, we're kind of skipping and going through a few of these. Um, the Shawnees race seven with Pauline's Pearl. Versus crazy beautiful army wives in there, but we're gonna go race eight, the Arlington. Yeah, that's right. The Arlington stakes, great three. <laughs> the Arlington ran at Churchill Downs, right? Makes sense. 200k, four year olds and up going one one sixteenth miles on guess what? The turf. Uh, and this is a wide open field. Um, and here we are talking about a wide open field, and I think, and I just realized it, I think I'm picking the longest shot on the board, but Haltman, I'll get your get your pick first. I don't hate it. Uh, I'm going to pick the second longest shot on the board. The only difference is that's four to one versus twelve to one, <laughs> so it's kind of strange. But I was with you. I, if these horses that are going to be shorter prices, I don't trust them very much. Uh, I went with number two, Floriform, on top. You know, uh, the horse two back did get beat by Get Smoking and Cheryl Spite. Now Cheryl Spite went on to win a Grade One after that. Get Smoking. Uh, went overseas next time out. But that was the first race off of a layoff that day at Tampa Bay for, for Floriform. So now, uh, you know, he, he goes next time out to Keeneland. He wins by a half length. This will now be the third race off the layoff. Got the confidence builder type of win last time out. I kind of like how he's coming into this one. And I think he's got a big shot to get the job done. Hopefully, he'll, like that four to one price holds. And and we get a little bit of a price on him anyway, but I think Floriform is ready to run his best race, and I think this is the class level he needs to be at, and I think this is a really good stepping stone for him today. Yeah, I, I uh, definitely thought that, that horse made a lot of sense, and I, and the biggest thing, like, and it seems like you're doing the same thing. Only like I said, the, I'm sure the twelve to one will be bet down uh, somewhat with this being such a wide open race, but. Um, it, I just you have a hard time picking any horse at three to one or something like that, two to one, whatever, you know, any five to two in a race like this. It just seems so wide open. And not only that, you can't depend on any of them. So you might as well, to me, in my book, you might as well take a shot with a horse that has upside and frankly is going to be the value. And that was for me, number three, like the king sitting at a huge price at 12 to one on the morning line. Gets Leah Sai as a board, and I, it's interesting because, like, look at this horse's last three races. He's gotten Velasquez, Velasquez, and Pratt. He got Pratt last time out at Keeneland, which was the first start with Mark Cassie um, after formerly being trained by Wesley Ward. And, you know, this is a horse that, you know, won the Jeff Ruby Stakes, uh, if, this horse, if this sounds familiar, won the Jeff Ruby Stakes last year. And then, you know, 
you know, you finished second in the grade three Kent and Saranac finished third, only beat two public sector at Saratoga, um, you know, got second in the, in a listed stakes at Keeneland and then came back in that allowance race, finished fifth, beating two and a half with Pratt aboard last time out. But it wasn't like it wasn't the worst race, especially off the comeback race. And now you're going um, in a race that certainly isn't any tougher than the horse has been running in. And you're getting Louis size aboard. So I think there's worse you can do here. And it's not like this horse has been awful in any of the races, really, other than, say, the Kentucky Derby, which he finished 12th. Um, so to me, it's like take the shot with the horse that has upside, has been running OK as of late. And it's the longest shot on the on the board. So I'm number I'm by, I like number three here at a big upset. Number three, like the king. Yeah, I don't hate that at all. It's just like, I mean, yeah, he, he, Willie Win. I mean, it's a great tournament kind of horse, you know, because Willie Win. I mean, it's unlikely, right? He's twelve to one, but could he win? Yeah, and if he does, it's going to pay. So to me, I'd rather take a shot at twelve to one morning line. Granted. Um, Versus playing five to two on you know field pass, right? Like mm-hmm. me, that's not going to do me. I'm not going to feel good about myself with that one. No, so, um, might as well take a shot. All right, let's go to race ten, the last one here, the Blame Stakes. This is one of the most one I'm most excited for uh, on the weekend. One of them, anyways. 200k for four year olds and up going one and one eighth miles. Field of eight lines up for this one. And I'm looking at the horse all the way to the outside, the eight to five morning line favorite, American Revolution. I've been waiting. You know, you've been waiting for Annapolis to come back. I've been waiting. And, and I, it's not just like me saying that for for the show. I've been waiting for American Revolution to come back because I just was so impressed with him, how he ended last year. You know, the cigar mile winner, American Revolution, beat following C that day, beat Plainsman that day was really, really impressive race. Uh Making his return. We haven't seen him since December 4th that day in the Cigar Mile. Making his return. He's been working uh, a bunch for Todd Pletcher. Uh, Flo gets the mount here. Now, I want to ask you about that. Flo gets the mount. Guess who's always ridden American Revolution other than his debut? Luis Saez. Luis Saez is in the race. He's just not on this horse. He's on number one proxy. Talk me through this. I have no idea. Super weird, right? Luis Saez has never been on proxy ever. Nope. <laughs> and it's so not, and it's in a Stidham, which I mean, I know they ride for some, but it's like if Luis Saez and Todd Pletcher, I mean, come on. It, he's, he's rode for, for Stidham 20 times in the last year. Um, so like you said, sometimes sure. There's no reason Saez would have been fired off American revolution. They haven't seen him since Cigar, right? They've won. I mean, he's he rid he rode him every time other than once in the first race. Uh, Gaffleon was Gaffleon was aboard. I, I I don't get it. He won a five out of six races. He won a grade one last time out, like you just said in the Cigar. I I don't know. I don't know. I can tell you this is not enough to swing me towards proxy. I can totally tell you that. I'm not <laughs> doing that. I. I will. The other weird thing about it is, and this isn't really a knock on Florent Giroux as much as he never rides for Todd Pletcher. They've, he's rode for Todd Pletcher eight times in the last year. Mm-hmm. So, like, if, if maybe Gaffleone, well, Gaffleone has a dynamic one for Pletcher. So it's odd. I don't get it. Uh, it almost makes me want to lean towards picking Scalding because there's really not a lot of question marks on him. 
And he's won four in a row, and he beat Dynamic One and Proxy pretty easily last time out in the Bin Ali. But I don't think Scalding is as good as American Revolution. So I'm really at a loss here for what to do. Well, honestly, uh, I'm with you. I was like, it it completely took me out of, I was like, I had to look at it four times. Like, what am I missing? Why? What happened, you know? And I haven't heard anything what this, why this could happen. But I do know this. And, I, and as good as a, as a jockey as Luis Saez is, that wasn't why this horse was winning True. those races. And, you know, Flo, you know, maybe isn't Luis Saez, but I think he's, he's, he's a good jockey. And listen, two back, you just needed to hold on on the American Revolution. And one back, you kind of just needed to hold on because he just kind of flew by him. Um, and just kind of gutted out that win to beat following C. So I don't know. I, I it's I weird, it. but I, yeah, he, he draws outside. Um, yeah, he's making a turn, but he draws outside of speed. It's just I think he's going to sit a good trip, and just, he kind of has that stocking ability. And as long as uh, you know Flo can kind of get him in that you know kind of cruising position, I, I just don't. I'm with you. I'm totally with you. If there's in a, if a, to me, if there's a horse that can beat him, it will beat him. It's scalding just because he's the hot horse right now. But ultimately, I just think the eight's better. Yep. So he's my pick. Me too. I'll stick with the eight, and I'll file this under weird shit. <laughs> Speaking he, of, he has to win American Revolution. I mean, he's much better than these horses. Well, to that point, what, what is, what do you think the goal is? For American Revolution, because obviously people need to remember this is a New York bred who ran New York races, and then they tried the Pennsylvania Derby last year, went okay, finished third, but still, you know, it was no match for, for Hot Rod Charlie and Midnight Bourbon that day. Came back in a New York bred race, dominated, and then won the Cigar Mile. So that's a Grade One, obviously not a New York race. So is he a classic kind of horse going long or? is obviously they're going long here, but it's not a grade one kind of race. So where do you think the goal is for this horse? I wonder if the Stephen Foster might be the goal immediately. Prep here at Churchill been running the Stephen Foster. Overall, it's weird though, right? Because you, who knows about life is good when he comes back or whatever, but the plan for him was like Whitney, like life is good going to the Whitney. Well, you're not going to run him against life is good. I, Maybe the Woodward is a race for American Revolution. Um, I, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see. Um, you know, maybe the Suburban, if they don't go to the uh, Stephen Foster with the source, we'll see. I, I think they're going to try to run him two turns in big races. Um, it's just a matter of where they kind of spot him. And that's going to kind of determine... You know his success level, right? I don't know that he's good enough to win a race like the Whitney, but he probably is good enough to win a race like the Woodward. Do you think if he would have had, and I don't know what the issue was with him, why it's taken him since December to to June to come back, but do you think if there would have been some sort of uh, appropriate buildup that he would have potentially showed up in like a Met Mile type race? You know, obviously winning the Mile uh, Cigar Mile last out. I think so, for sure. I mean, I know when he won the Cigar Mile, I, I was thinking ahead that this is going to be a really nice four-year-old and a race like the Met Mile is where he's going to land. And now, obviously, 
I did not know he was not going to race until a week before the vet mile. So, yeah. and you're not going to run first off the layoff against flight line and speaker's corner. It's just, that you're not going to do that. So, um, I like the spot. I think the spot makes sense considering his schedule and where he's at. Yes, though. I definitely thought he would be a Met Mile contender after that win. And who knows? Maybe he'll kind of get it cranked back up and, and have a nice uh, second half of the year. But this is a good place to start. But the Saez jumping off thing is is beyond weird. <laughs> well, he's a beyond and interesting uh, prospect as we move forward. But for this race especially, Hawthorne and I are both on number eight. American Revolution. Luis Saez isn't on him, you know? Like, it's just, that's super weird. And I have not heard a thing, and I know you haven't either. Like, I don't know what would have caused this. Uh, I don't know. He's riding for Pletcher earlier in the card, too. Right. I looked at, too. I thought, well, maybe something happened, but no. I mean. He has some, he has some weird mounts. Like, the Pletcher horse has a big-time shot in the fifth. Uh, he's on Pauling's Pearl. Obviously, that's a good pickup mount for him uh, in the seventh. And then it kind of gets a little strange. He's on Like the King, which, listen, I'm not saying that horse doesn't have a chance. I think he does. But still, he's on the longest shot on the board. You would not think he would be on that horse. Um, and then where was he? Oh, he's on Long Range Toddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know, and, good, and then... Good luck. Oh, yeah, and then he's on Proxy. Um, and then who's he got in the 11th? He's got a uh, speaking scout for Grand Moshi. I mean, he rides for him some, but it's, it's, it's odd. It's very odd. Well, maybe we'll find out, right? Um, uh, let's see. The possibles for the just a game. I don't let's see if I have it in front of me. I don't, but I can tell you real quick. Speak of the devil and uh, Regal Glory in Italian and somebody else. Naka. Wakanaka. So those, there's only four right now, correct? Late legs galore is the possible. Okay. So, but It'll get I a mean, lot more and that's the thing. I guess what people on Twitter were bitching about, and it's like, first of all, like you're gonna get more than the four or whatever are listed in each one. Second of all, like, there, yeah, they might be some of them might be filler, but what more do you need? Like, I, do you want ten speak of the devils? Sure, but they don't they don't exist. So like having that that matchup and then get the you know some decent horses that are else you know that are gonna run in it, that's all you need. <laughs> Alright, that's all the time we have. Check us out at racenews.com for our free picks and of course our premium selections on our products page. Click the get racing news premium button at the menu at racingnews.com to learn more. Remember to go get your hands on that inside track to the 2022 Belmont Stakes Racing Festival wagering guide. Nine graded stakes, eight grade ones. Six million dollars in purses, three Breeders' Cup races, and a partridge in a pear tree. No, I don't know. but still, it's now available for pre-sale at racedudes.com. You get it for free if you are a premium subscriber. And remember, if you're going to be betting these races, why don't you go bet at BetPTC and get a two hundred dollar new member bonus? Just enter promo code Dudes. That's right, Dudes, and enter that promo code at BetPTC, and you get two hundred dollars cash in your account and you can bet with us uh with our picks and so make sure you go do that and uh let's see what else magic mike show what they do they did the churchill so yeah great card for the pick five that's what i was thinking when i was looking at that card i was like this is a great pick five sequence um the church down saturday late pick five preview that the magic mike guys did so all the places you know we're on blinkers office on our podcast page at racedudes.com apple podcast spotify google podcast 
Google Podcasts, uh, the, our YouTube page, all those places. Go find us. Go find the Magic Mike Show. They did the Saturday Late Pick 4 at Churchill Downs. Remember, we're on Twitter at Racing underscore Dudes, Instagram and Facebook. You can check out all our picks, all free horse racing picks, all premium horse racing picks at RacingDudes.com. We are your destination site for all things well, really, all things sports picks, I guess, at this point. So that's right. That's right. We we are in the presence of the number one MLB handicappers. Are you still number one? Uh I don't know that I'm number one this week. Um, it goes by weeks. So I, I actually first time ever I did pretty good betting baseball uh, at Vegas. So that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> you actually, you're like, hey, I, I know what I'm doing here. So it was, it was the- funny because. I would bet a game and like I'd be on my phone. It's like the second inning, and Heather'd be like, "Do you want to go watch that game in there?" We can. I was like, "Absolutely." Do I not ever want to go watch a baseball game? Like I, I can't stand it, but gotta bet it. <laughs> so, like, I, anytime I've ever in Vegas, it's in the summer, and so yeah. you just go, you go and put all your you know baseball bets in, and then you just go to the pool or whatever you're doing. So like, I'm not gonna fucking watch that. Watch it, but I'm just going to check it on my phone and every once in a while see how I'm doing. But I'm not going to sit there and watch the game for four hours and <laughs> come to Vegas. Come on. Dude, I, I went and watched the ninth and the tenth inning of a Cardinals game. I had the Cardinals. I have a tradition. First night, I always put the Cardinals when I'm there. And I, they won, thank God. They went into extra innings. And so they, they start the tenth inning. So we were in the sports book. I said, I will go watch it. They start the tenth inning. And a guy gets on second base to start the inning. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, did I dream that? Did I miss somebody got a double or something and they're pitch running maybe? So the Cardinals get them out. They go to the bottom of the 10th. The Cardinals have a runner on second base to start the inning. I had no idea. That's a rule change of baseball. In extra innings, you start a guy on second base. Yep. Yep. Uh, although I had did not, I did the same thing happen to me where I was like, what the hell is that? Like, what is I- going on? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't necessarily think I like that rule. <laughs> well, no, I mean, people. It's, it's funny. I, I looked at. I said people are are worrying about stretching out the triple crown two weeks, and baseball's over here putting a runner on second base in the tenth inning. <laughs> this is crazy. I don't hear anybody going nuts over that. I don't know. Maybe because I don't follow baseball people, but it's like I. I never knew this was a thing. Well, gosh, you know, I, I don't know either. But you would have to think the baseball purists would be. Just fucking pissed about that because you oh, talk about yeah. changing the game. I mean, <laughs> and then like if it's like the start of like the 18th inning or something, then you start putting a guy. You know, it's kind of like college football where eventually you 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 change it up or whatever. But no, no. Um, it's weird. okay, okay. So it's that time, and this is fine. the only reason I'm going to ask you this because I actually was wondering this too. Ooh. Magic Carrots wants to know about the MJF promo last night. And let me tell everybody, I, I don't really know what the words are that Magic Carrots just said, but I do know this. Thanks to Halterman, because we share, like, we're not, we neither one of us care about Twitter so to have our own personal accounts, but we obviously have the Racing News account. Well, we follow every damn AEW associated person in the world. And so I get on Twitter. And I'm scrolling through and I'm like, especially when there's a big event around that time, like AEW, AEW, like where's, you know, horse racing, like what I want to actually look at. So I saw this and I thought, I don't know what this is, but I noticed people were talking about it and it was like a huge deal. So 
Enlighten me. Enlighten us. Okay. So let's start from the beginning. All right. So, okay. MJF, for Jared's sake, I'll explain. And for 34 out of the 35 people still watching, I'll explain. Not Magic Carrots. But MJF is the biggest heel or bad guy in wrestling, right? I mean, he's he's a superstar. So he skips a fan fest on Saturday. He just doesn't show up. They can't get a hold of him. All this stuff is happening. It's like MJF's not here. We don't know where he's at. And then a story comes out that he has booked a plane to fly home. With the pay-per-view being on Sunday, he's flying home on a red-eye Saturday. So it's all speculation all day Sunday. Will he show up? Will he not show up? Well, I'm sitting here going, I know he's still in Vegas. I just saw the bastard like three hours ago down in the casino. I know he's here. Like <laughs> He may have got on that plane, but he went right from where what he was doing to get on the plane. Anyway, everybody's like, yeah, I don't know if he's coming. Who knows? He shows up to the pay-per-view. He gets squashed. Um, and he's out. And so what Magic Carrots is talking about, last night he comes out and he does a promo. He basically buries AEW. He buries all the all the other wrestlers in AEW. He buries the owner. He, call, he calls the owner every name in the book. Um, it's basically a dispute that he's not getting paid enough, uh, which is true. And so... I think what's happened is a behind-the-scenes issue, which has probably been worked out by now, has become a storyline in the wrestling. But the promo last night was probably the top wrestling promo we've had since, I don't know, 10 years, 15 years. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's going crazy about it. The whole like last four or five days has just been nothing but MJF gossip. My theory is AEW's got something worked out with him. They knew to like feed the wrestling press a story to kind of get them talking and acting like it was, you know, a shoot. It was it was a real life thing that was happening when really it wasn't. And they knew most of the wrestling media are really horrible, and they knew they could trick them into like falling for this. That's that's my theory on it. But listen, this stuff has been amazing with him. Um, Sunday, they played his music to start the show. And he waited like for what seemed like minutes to come out. And the whole building was like, oh my God, he's not going to show up. This is crazy. Like he's going to quit. <laughs> and then he showed up and dude, that place went insane. Like, oh my God, he showed up. And then he just got killed by the guy everybody loves. And so anyway, it's been fun. I don't know what's true and what's not, but it's good television. I'll tell you that. What is what's in what's MJF stand for? Maxwell Jacob Freedom Friedman. So it just it's calling MJF. Yeah, I call him MJF. What, what's the promo? Like, what do you mean a promo? Oh, uh, he, he just got on the mic. A promo just means he got on the microphone last night and was just like, basically, fuck you to the owner. I hate all the fans. I didn't show up to Fan Fest because you guys are all <laughs> idiots. Like, I'll sit and I like you, this guy. You would I, honestly, and, and Magic and I were talking about this, obviously off air and we were like mjf is the guy that could get jared and samich into wrestling he is incredible at what he does like he it's unbelievable and last night was was just it was awesome television whether you like wrestling or not it was intense man and like we were just kind of looking at each other like he is he is dropping every you know cuss word there is on live television right now right and I'm not dumb. I know that this was all planned, but at the same time, it's like, this is wild. Like they're skirting the lines between 
reality and fiction here. And it's, it's awesome. And he may very well end up leaving. I think a lot of this is true to some extent. Um, and they're just kind of playing it into a storyline to help it get more steam. Well, I'll say this uh, from a, re- I mean, re- wrestling part, I, you know, whatever, but it is a very interesting and well done. If it's done, like you're saying it is, it's a, a from a marketing kind of promotion standpoint, it's done fantastically well because yeah. like, I'm just envisioning the, the reaction of the crowd that this thing thinking, yeah. even though like, even though you, you being there and knowing like I saw him, I know he's here. Like I know this probably a yeah. bit. And then the music starts playing. You're like, well, son of a bitch, maybe he's not showing up. And it, so that yep. in itself is just enough. It kind of get, keeps it going. So they're doing a good job. You're probably right. They have it all worked out. But is it, it's like, look, I'm talking about it. People are talking about it. So it's, it's interesting. It's very interesting. Exactly. You don't really have to like wrestling to find it interesting because here's a guy who is a star, probably one of the top five guys in the country. You no, know, doesn't matter what, uh, you know, WWE, AEW, this guy's a superstar. One of the best, the best at what he does specifically. And he's not showing up to an event that people have already paid for, right? And he's not showing up to a meet and greet where people they had to refund people money or exchange them for another superstar, you know. So it's it was it was it was a fucking nightmare for these people. And uh yeah, it, you know, we were I was sitting by total strangers at this event. By the way, largest crowd ever for an AEW show. Uh they 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 the show was where the Vegas Knights play. And uh yeah, I mean it was it was crazy. And the guy sitting next to me. For, I sat next to him. I don't know who this guy is. He, he looked at me and goes, what do you think? Is, is he going to be here or not? That's how that's how the buzz was in the crowd. There were two girls sitting in front of us, and they were talking about themselves. They're like, you think MJF's going to be here? Like, who are they going to put Wardlow up against? I don't think he's coming, you know? And they played it so perfect because when they played the music and he's not coming out, I mean, we've seen this in wrestling back when we were in school. It's like, oh, shit, that means they're not here. Yeah. And now what are they going to do? And like I said, when he walked out of that tunnel, it was just like, I was like, oh my God, he is here, you know? But then it was like, what's he going to do? Is he going to participate? Is he going to go over the plan? Or is he just going to do whatever he wants? So, yeah. It was awesome. Uh oh. Uh oh. The <laughs> wife, the wife has chimed in. Wow. But people don't realize that Heather is probably a bigger fan than uh than Aaron his wife yeah uh she says I don't know how you can call to work when he doesn't show up for fans that paid their hard-earned money she is pissed that's what she said the whole time too she was mad and I was watching this guy a live stream on YouTube at like 11 at night and she's like shut he doesn't know anything shut this off (laughs) we'll find out tomorrow if he's there but it doesn't matter if it's a worker, or a shooter, or whatever. He screwed people out of this money on Saturday. I was like, "Yeah, you're right. It's terrible." I agree. I agree. I mean, so. if you would think that like the organization or whatever, just I obviously don't know shit about it, but it's like you would think they wouldn't have been like, "Okay, here's the plan. We're gonna have him skip because that's gotta be a pain in the ass, right?" Yeah. So, like you would, he probably did that on his own. I would guess. Mm-hmm. And then now they've, like you said, figured out everything. Hopefully, right and making a, a, a bit about it but i would be shocked if like that was the plan all along i think the fan fest thing was on him and because 
Tony Khan is the owner. He was supposed to have an interview with some guys, uh, the, the Wrestling Observer, which actually is a reputable place that never, by the way, the, the real places never were recording. There was a plane ticket and all this stuff. It's all like dirt sheets. But I, I think they were supposed to have an interview with Tony Khan and he canceled it. And they were like, well, he probably has shit he's dealing with right now. I'd say he skipped it. They worked it out. And now it's, mm-hmm. at least for the time being, it's okay. But yeah, I would say that skipping the fan fest was definitely there's something to that you don't just because tony khan doesn't want to refund all that money to people either, no you know so i mean it's one thing to like whatever like you skip a even if it's a pay-per-view but to skip a thing something people specifically paid for yeah see i, I love it you and heather have to do a show or something together she I would have liked to have seen. Was she wearing a shirt every time too? Like, yes. a, well, I hope she was wearing a shirt. But was she wearing like a wrestling shirt? Yes, yes. She see. she homemade some wrestling shirts. For oh me. my god! <laughs> uh, two out of the three. Two out of three. She homemade a hook. Did she, did uh, she make signs too? We guys. No, she didn't have signs. No. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh uh, no, she homemade two shirts, and she had a she had hook, and she had Pinta. And she had a Darby Allen. I was her favorite. <laughs> and I had uh, FTR, FTR, and and of course Danhausen for the pay per view. So it was cool because I had Danhausen and she had Hook, and they were in a tag team called Hookhausen. So we were Hookhausen. Guys, <laughs> find your own Hookhausen. That's what I would say. That's the moral. Like we we all like being a single guy. I need to find my Hookhausen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's. Maybe yeah. in a different way, but <laughs> but yeah, but the general idea of it, yeah, uh, the general idea of it, find my own hook housing. Okay, yeah. maybe uh, maybe we should do our own show on a wrestling, or you should because Heather uh, Heather wants to do a show, so and I'm I'm supporting it, so yeah, that it's gonna happen. I would think. I know Magic Carrots would be on board with that, so and yes. I'm sure many others as well. I think we could um, get Vinny and Magic Carrots and Dennis right away magic would do it or he'd magic. be on he'd be interested yeah yep 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 oh see, yep, there you this. go i think and honestly and from for me from the like from just the business like marketing that whole aspect i'm like oh yeah the the husband wife pod talking about not about the horse racing but about wrestling right like that's you talk about that's a niche on niche and that would that I'm I, I'm like oh yeah do that so I, I think that's if you're gonna do it it's got to be with Heather that's my opinion I agree yeah nobody wants to listen to Magic and I because Heather's opinions are are very good that's the other thing she's yeah. like I don't know I don't know about it. I was like no the great thing is like it's just opinionated like anybody can like anybody or dislike anybody there you can't like it's all opinion it's just like analyzing a television show only it's wrestling yeah I'm not tuning in for you and Magic. But I would tune in for you and Heather. See? It's happening. It's happening. Right. She has a few show ideas already, actually. So, yes. Right. We've been yes. thinking about a pod name. Yes. Mm-hmm. What'd you call it? Hookhausen? No, don't. don't Hookhausen. Do that. No. 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 <laughs> that, will, that will age out, you know? You can't. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely going to age out. Hookhausen's going to break up pretty soon. I think <laughs> Hook is going to squash Danhausen soon, I have a feeling. So... <laughs> Yeah, everybody listening, if you think if you're listening to this and you're like, this is crazy, yeah, whatever. But be thinking of like it's a husband wife, it's a mm-hmm. racing dudes, you know, podcast channel, but it's it's a husband wife. 
love wrestling. There's got to be something there. I'll be thinking. We'd probably do on a Wednesday night. No, I think we said Sunday, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Well, what if but you yeah. did it live during, well, you guys probably have to pay attention, or like right yeah. after a, right a show after. on Wednesday night or something, you know? There's a lot of competition during that time. That's the only thing. Believe it or not, there are other people that do this. Um, so, But not husband-wife. That's true. That is true. You're the first. And not on the Racing Dudes channel, which is, which <laughs> well, is gigantic. Well, that's huge. So Exactly. You know. Yeah. All right. All right. We're going to do it. Thank you for everybody that listened to this for an hour and 41 minutes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's great to have Halterman back, and it's great that everyone tuned in. I'm Jared Welch. Remember, we'll be back uh, next week with all the Belmont coverage you want and more. Because, you know, we'll know more about the fields. Belmont Stakes next weekend, but this weekend, obviously, tons of racing going on as well. I'm Jared Welch. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. This has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com, your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes 